I, I find it so fun to, to see people that are just getting into it really get into it. And it's like, welcome to the club. Like you're, you're now one of us. You're, you know, you're, yeah. So I, I love seeing new people enter the hobby. They, they like it's hook, line and sinker. They, they take a long exposure image of uh, the Orion Nebula and just the reaction. It's like, oh, there's no going back now. Welcome back to Backyarders. That was Magic Christian with the track All the Stars. And it's a live recording and how good is that guy's voice? And the drummer is absolutely going for it. Why have we got that music this time? Well, it's the closest thing I could find to classic rock on the Free Music Archive. And Trevor Jones loves classic rock. He's a drummer, astrophotographer, he's a son, partner, and a very successful content creator on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and his website, all centered on his love or sharing his love of astrophotography. In many ways, this episode of Backyarders tells the story of how I was wrong about Trevor Jones. I'd thought about inviting Trevor to have a chat with me before, but I'd kind of decided that it would never happen. Um, but when a listener uh, suggested to me that, that I have him on, I thought about it some more, and I, being a have a have a have a go at things kind of guy, I decided I'd I'd ask him anyway. But I still didn't think it was going to come off. I mean, Trevor's made a business of his content um, in Astro Backyard, and this podcast isn't paid in any way. I don't receive any money for the podcast. There's no sponsorships. There's no monetization involved at all. Um, all I could really offer Trevor in exchange for his time is um, to help put the word out there about his work. And let's face it, he does a much better job of that than I ever could. I wasn't going to be able to pay Astro Backyard anything for Trevor's time, and so I was sure to set all this out in my email approaching them, just to avoid any awkwardness. And to be honest, I didn't really expect us to receive any sort of reply at all. But I sent them an email. And within a matter of days, had a reply. We teed up this time and we had this chat. I mean, I think you've got one of the best jobs on the planet. That's what I reckon. And I sort of feel like you probably agree on a good day anyway. I know there'd be, I think people don't appreciate how much work goes into what you do. Um, and to set that up a bit, um, I, I, I first came across you when someone referred me to your website um, for instruction on how to use Deep Sky Stacker. <laughs> yeah. and, and your website, to me, strikes me, you know, it's thoughtful, it's well set out, it's, it's clear instruction. Um, and, and there's a lot of content there. And that takes time, um, investment, thought. And I think sometimes, you know, we can sit back and say, oh, man, Trevor's got the best job in the world. He can do astrophotography and, um, and share it with us and, and that's his job. But there's a whole lot of work in the background there as well. It's it's an insane amount of work. The the only so it is the best job in the world. I, I would uh, I would agree with you there. Um, it is an insane amount of work 
and I, I really don't think that I, I would assume most people don't realize how much work actually goes into uh, what they're seeing. Sometimes I think when people look at the YouTube videos, they, they think of it as like, okay, I'm just this guy doing something in the backyard and someone somehow is just recording it and sharing it, you know, just what I'm doing. Uh, the reality is it's, it's like, I'm, I'm filming a, a video in the backyard and that's 90% of the time, the actual uh, astrophotography that I'm doing as like a user yeah. uh, is only like 10% of that time. So I, I think, and I mean, it's good if it, if, if I'm making it look easy, I think that's a good thing. So you can just kind of get lost and feel like you're, you're sharing a moment with me in the backyard, but yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. The amount of work that goes into it and the amount of time and sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is largely, you know, all worth it from, you know, what it's, what's given back to me. So, yeah. But I think if people actually stop to think about it, every photographer would be able to grasp how much, if they stop and think about it, how much effort that that takes to set up the, you know, your angles and very manage various cameras and yeah. Speaking to camera. Yeah. Like the I, I always hit it off with other YouTubers and other creators in like you just doing this podcast. Um, then you kind of get a taste of, of what it takes to actually have this finished product that's kind of ready for the world. Uh, so I really feel for the other astrophotography YouTube channels um, that, uh, that go through that too, because they go, oh man, it is hard to film at night. It is hard to set up at dusk. It's getting darker out, film something, but also manage what's going on with your rig. So they, I, I hope they have that moment where they're like, oh man, Trevor, man, he's been doing this for a while now. Like <laughs> good for him. They have to, but yeah. So I always ask people about their backyards, but yours is so well documented. I, you know, um, folks would know, I think most folks listening to this would know you're in Ontario, Canada. I am, am impressed by your sky access in that backyard and you moved only sort of a year or so ago from memory yeah it was so this is our, our second house and it was it was really the first house where we actually thought about the amount of sky we have in the backyard uh and based our purchase on it so yeah it's it's like so you understand the the number of of trees and obstructions that a typical backyard could have and i still get a lot of people uh when i did the observatory video saying like why would you put an observatory you have all those trees everywhere it's like no, this is actually pretty good compared to some backyards uh, for obstructions. But yeah, there's so the, the there is obstructions in some sides to the west, um, and but the, the important parts of the sky, at least from my latitude, are south and east, and those parts are good. So I get to see everything kind of coming up, uh, and then those deep southern Milky Way targets, at least as low as I can see from. From here in Canada, I can get those. So and uh, yeah, I think your observatory looks awesome. Has that changed anything about your imaging um, experience? It, it really, it really has. So um, we've had some patchy weather recently, where it was kind of you know the rain came through, uh, and then it would be clear for forty five minutes to an hour, and then more rain after that. There's no way I would set up in that 45 minute period and tear down when the rain came back. But uh, I do find myself, I'll open the dome, see if I can get some decent data for 40 minutes and close it back down. And that's like, that changed everything. Just that, um, you know, spur of the moment ability like that. So 
your observatory is named the Black Doggers Observatory, partially after Rudy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But also partially after the Led Zeppelin song. Right? That's right. Yeah. I wanted to pay homage to uh, the rock and roll. I was uh, I was a drummer in my 20s for a band. And uh, I love play. I still jam with the guys and do rock and roll covers and yeah. stuff. And then the owner of the, the observatory company, Wayne Parker, is a rocker himself, a bass player. So I was like, this is this yeah, is perfect. Right. All right, awesome. So, are Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin, one of your favorites, or what? What kind of De- for that era? Definitely, yeah. John Bonham yeah. was kind of one of the big inspirations oh, for man. me to become a, a drummer. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I love all 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 that. Uh, I love classic rock a lot. So, I wanted to yeah. uh, tie that in there. Top three. Uh, Top three. It's it's tough. There's there's so many. There's like I love so many kinds of music, and and then my love for rock goes deep. I go through phases of who I like. Like I, I like the Eagles a lot, and uh, I think mm. I don't know if Zeppelin would crack the top three, but uh, I mean they're wow. They're I know like they're, they're legendary. Wow. Their their like yeah. performances are like they're almost outside the chart, aren't they? Really? That's right. Like, so it's like they're they're yeah. there by default, but yeah. I wouldn't use a spot there. Like they're in the zero yeah. position, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like they yeah. don't do that enough anymore of like these songs that are actually just a story about something else. Those are always the best, right? You, those are the songs you remember yeah. every lyric to because you're just like hooked on it. I think music was awesome. And I, I, I've noticed like um, there are some people who are tying music and their astrophotography together. Actually, a lot of people do that. Um, some people create their own tunes and and other people just make playlists or whatever and i kind of really like that it's it's always yeah. been really huge a part of the experience for me when I, when i got started those long lonely cold nights uh if you just had a radio there even that would make all the difference in the world you feel you don't suddenly feel don't feel so lonely and then yeah. if you get if you're listening to like pink floyd or something it it changes the whole dynamic of everything it becomes even more like you you feel like you're just you know so connected and it's just you kind of have yeah. a moment yeah you know i've never done that oh, yeah i've got to do yeah. i've got to do it well i haven't done any music while i was actually while i was imaging probably because i was too like worried about making an error with my setup or something yeah um, you kind of have to do it when, when yeah. uh, it's, everything's running and you're just kind of you know you choose to stay outside if the weather's nice enough just hanging out while the camera's taking pictures that that's when you do it yeah does rudy ever bump into your tripod no he's for whatever reason, he has his quirks, but um, he's a very careful dog. For whatever reason, he just, even if he's running full tilt, he's never once ran into anything. He's really good that way. It's, it's funny. Speaking of uh, of Rudy and him hanging out there with me. So when we got, he was nine months old when we got him. And he, that's all he's ever known is that I go outside on clear nights and yeah. spend almost all night out there. And he's always with me from start to finish. Uh, and you know, it's not weird to him. It just, he'll sit in the dark, like right next to the tripod and he'll just sit there endlessly until I go inside. So yeah. it's almost like, I think he assumes that that's just what people do. Yeah. Cause it's all he's <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> that's so cool. And it must yeah. be, it must be really nice for him as well. Like to have someone out there at night. Yeah. Some- and I, I mean, I'm talking to him. I, I've got nothing yeah. else. If, if like, if, if I'm talking to the camera, he starts running around getting excited, <laughs> uh, which, which is always great. So if I'm filming a scene where I'm talking about something, he'll, you'll see him run by. It's because when he hears me talking out loud out of nowhere, he gets all excited and starts zipping around. So uh, it's actually perfect timing for the video when he does There's that. Rudy. 
and um, and Rudy's support, but you've you have a really supportive partner as well. Like um, Ashley appears in a lot of videos, um, and she she's part of Astro Backyard in a very real way as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this she supported this this dream of mine to uh, to do this full time uh, since the beginning. And then uh, we had the opportunity for her, like a very real consideration for her to actually come on board and kind of help me with some of the, uh, there's, I mean, there's people don't realize the, the amount of work involved, uh, even if it's just yeah. like setting up this, this meeting with us and everything. So she's, yeah. that's her specialty is communication and stuff. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of work to be done and enough to justify for her to come on board with Astro Backyard as a company full time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing to, uh, you know, to have come this far where we're actually both supporting ourselves uh, doing yeah. photography. Yeah, that's really cool. Because um, I think it's important having a partner who at least understands, you know, as an astrophotographer, just the astrophotography part, let alone the business side of it. You know, having someone who understands that you're out there at night, you're going to miss events sometimes because you're imaging, you know, it's, it's new moon weekend and exactly you need to get out there yeah Um, they don't have to to be they don't even have to be excited about astrophotography but the understanding of the importance the rarity of a clear new moon night and saying like you know what i i need to do some imaging tonight i know we you know we wanted to go out and do this so it because there's a lot of sacrifices that come with this hobby just because of the the nature of the needing good weather and, and it happens at night and then the, the whole moon phase thing. So timing is is important for this hobby. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever had moments where you've reflected and thought, "Oh man, um, I'm too into this, and and I'm you know I'm letting some other sides of life go, and I need, I just need to reset some things." Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I had those brief moments, but uh, still, you know, since 2015, it's like astrophotography above all else uh, and try and find a way to, uh, you know, change my life to make it fit um, has been the name of the game. And like, I, like, like you said, there's, you know, all the sacrifices that came with it. We don't have children, but that would be a definite like, okay, now we're, we have, there's certain times when it just can't happen. Um, yeah. You know, we're not at that stage in our life, but uh, yeah, other things definitely take a backseat to it for better or for worse. And yeah, maybe I will, I haven't had that moment yet where I go, oh man, I shouldn't have done so much uh, astrophotography. Maybe I will in the future, but I haven't yet. I, I find it so fun to, to see people that are just getting into it, really get into it. And it's like, welcome to the club. Like you're, you're now one of us, you're, you know, you're, yeah. So I, I love seeing new people enter the hobby. They, they like it's hook, line and sinker. They, they take a long exposure image of uh, the Orion Nebula and just the reaction. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's no going back now. Yeah. yeah. I had a look at it this morning, man. Yeah. Nice. Because I, I was up yep. and I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and have a look at Orion. And there it was. And it's the first time I've actually used my eyeballs to try to make out the fuzzy patch yeah. of M42 because I've always been staring at it through something else. And um, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of nice. It's nice that it's coming back. That's a big part of the experience too, that I love to see the seasons changing too. You know, you're, you're up late in the fall and yeah. you see the winter stuff. 
and uh, or 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 up late in the early spring, and you see the summer stuff if you're if you're up late enough. And mm. it's just uh, yeah, I, I love that whole aspect of it of the, the passing of time and the the feeling of like I feel cold when I see Orion because it's a winter constellation for us. So uh, all those yeah. things that come with it. So we were talking before about you being a drummer, and I I think I think um, might have been on your webpage. You mentioned your dad was a drummer as mm. well and that reminded me there was a video a year or so ago you were at a dark sky trip maybe it was a maybe it was a star party i'm not sure and yeah yep, and you flash yeah you flashed up some text about it's the first time without my dad um mm-hmm. he he's not with us anymore no he passed away yeah oh, i'm sorry to hear that man so you were both drummers so he's obviously had some sort of influence on you hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was he into astronomy as well? No, he wasn't. He was into a a lot of, a lot of things. Astronomy was kind of my thing. Uh, Then I of course got him into, I remember uh, the 2017 uh, solar eclipse Uh, or no, it was the, um, the first thing I got him into was the uh, transit of Venus in 2012. We had the solar glasses and I made him watch that. So I was getting him into it near the, the, the end of his life. Um, but he was the guy that, uh, he watched all my YouTube videos when they came out and he would like, he'd call me right after be like, Oh, I just watched it or whatever. So he was like my biggest fan. It's like kind of cliche, but so to, for him to actually see the, uh, momentum that the YouTube channel was getting right before he passed, I think was uh, really important for him to, uh, you know, before he he closed the the book to, uh, to see his son doing something that he loved. I think it was really important to him. Oh, that's that's cool, and that that's been his. That was sort of his approach in your life. Absolutely. Was, yeah. Oh yeah. He like he, I don't know. He was uh, he always. My parents were very supportive, and he very cryptically said to me as a child, like, "Oh, you're gonna do something really amazing one day." Like it was it was so sweet that it you know the confidence that he gave me, and uh, I, I definitely think he thought that the Astro Backyard was the thing that he always knew I was gonna do, and uh, so yeah. it was kind of nice. It was a nice, um, nice way to look at it on, uh, you know, when we lost him. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's so special, man. You, you know, that's something to hang on to forever, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a beautiful story. Um, I found that a lot of people uh, had, it was relatable to a lot of people, even if, yeah. you know, their parents were still around, that it was something that they shared together. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people, it was their, their, their parents that got them into astronomy. So it was, mm. uh, there's, there's a, a special bond there with astronomy and uh, the relationship people have with, with their children. And uh, so, yeah, it's very yeah. common, very relatable. So when I shared that story, people um, were like, yeah. oh man, you know, that reminds me of my dad and looking through the telescope with him and stuff. So um, did you send him your M42 picture, your first your first astro photo through the eyepiece. Oh my! Like he, he, he got everything, every step of the way. He got updates whether he wanted them or not. Um, yeah, because so he was retired um, when I was even when I started the channel. So he would be up at two in the morning, and I would you know run in the house and show him uh, my laptop and stuff. So yeah, like he got the full, full, full side of it. Um, and you know that's the the other thing I was sort of that I came across um i came across the bird nerds oh yeah which is your your, you and ashley Mm -hmm. doing um bird photography i remember like because i i also like 
nature. That's right. I saw for the first time I saw your your nature photography account. Yes. I thought bird nose was really cool because you know it was it was almost doing a similar thing that Astro Backyard does for Astro, but for nature photography. Are yeah. you still going with that? Or yeah, well, I mean, don't have time. It, it kills me that we're not consistently putting out new videos for that because uh, we love we love birding and nature photography and it's something mm. we can do together. It was so much fun. It just there's not enough time to do everything. Yeah. And it's like if we continued with bird nerds now, the way the level that I'd want it to be, uh, Astro Backyard would suffer from mm. it too. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. we'll figure it out eventually. But um, yeah, it was so much fun to do that. And and like because so Ashley gets to help out with Astro Backyard now, but uh, she was more of like we split the duty even on camera for that one too. So yeah. I know she had yeah. a lot of fun with that too. Yeah, it looked like you guys were having fun. Definitely. It did. It, yeah. yeah, which is cool. Well, I've noticed um, that that there are quite a few astrophotographers who also like bird photography in particular or nature photography generally. Why do you think those things go together? I, I honestly, I don't know. I guess it, like there's a respect for, you know, the natural world, obviously. And, and just I think it's like kind of an escape from, you know, regular everyday life. I have so much respect for, for animals and the hardships they go through and just to step back and observe them and appreciate them. I think yeah. uh, the appreciation for nature is a lot, a lot like the appreciation for uh, the universe. So I think that might be the time. There's also long focal length optics are involved. So you can kind of use the yeah. same tool for both jobs. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like cheating though. I reckon like oh, when yeah. you can, when you can make a picture with one, two thousandth of a second, I as know. opposed to 600 seconds times 20 or whatever. <laughs> it's So, yeah, they have all these similarities, and then the approach is completely different. Yeah. Ultra-fast exposures as opposed to, you know, you know five-minute exposures for three hours or whatever. Yeah. Are you ready to get on the tour bus yet? Going to join the band? At this stage of the conversation, I had enjoyed the gig and bought the T-shirt. Now, Trevor and I both know this conversation is for publication. I had done a little research and prepared a few talking points. I already knew that we had some photography interests in common to bond over. On his part, he had of course gotten a feel for what Backyarders is all about before we ever met. I'm a Generation Xer. I estimate this puts me about 10 years ahead of Trevor in terms of time on the planet. I wasn't surprised to find that astrophotography, bird photography and music were the beginning and the end of any topics that we could both connect with. But you know, back in 2019 when I was getting started in astrophotography, I watched a lot of Astro Backyard videos and I'd be lying if I said I didn't learn from them. Not only that, but Trevor's enthusiasm and enjoyment of engaging in astrophotography really got under my skin. And maybe there were times that enthusiasm kept me going when the very basics of our craft were eluding me. And that's what Trevor does for Astro. Why folks would expect anything more or anything less sort of eludes me. But as you're about to hear, when you offer something to the world, there will always be someone expecting more. And this can be a good thing, driving us to improve our skills. But sometimes, folks just need to stand back and appreciate the set that's being played on the night and enjoy the music. So uh, what about like the other sides of, cause then, so there are those like, Almost everyone in astrophotography like is into the sort of natural beauty of 
the environment, you know, it's one of the most pristine natural environments there is, is kind of in space. Um, but then there are a whole lot of other people I notice who are into the engineering side. You know, they want to know about, you know, their the the gears in their mounts and uh, how they can hypertune the performance and all the rest of it. Is that side of this that, that, you know, they watch all the launches and they can tell you the specs on the on the engines that the rockets are using. Yeah. Are you into that side of things as well? Or you don't talk Not about it much? So, yeah. like, I went to art school. Uh, like, obviously, I said I'm a musician. So I'm yeah. more in the creative space than technical. Yeah. And those people, they, they, they freak me out sometimes. They make me second guess when I'm, I'm trying to get even a little bit technical with uh, my descriptions in the videos too, because yeah. I know they'll be all over me yeah. if, uh, if I really say are. something like ISO is sensitivity to light because I'm like, actually, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, got to not say that anymore. Uh, the best one was that I, I would call any non-DSLR camera a CCD camera oh, when the, right. the CMOS dedicated astronomy cameras came out. Yeah. And uh, so there's still a lot of existing content where I call them CCD cameras, even though they had a CMOS sensor and they just, they eat me alive for stuff like that. So I've learned my lesson. I feel that part of what you do with Astro Backyard and part of what, and partially it's because the technology is so accessible now you know there are there is a wide range of consumer level products that we can access to to do astrophotography it does make it accessible to people who are more arts inclined than engineering inclined and i don't know you think that's a problem it's no a loaded so, question yeah, for I, you. that's that's such a great great topic to bring up so i too have had those experiences and i remember them early on where uh, it would just be just a forum online where, you know, you're you're in the middle of an argument with someone about something extremely technical yeah. uh, and it will just go on and on and on. And you realize it's like, wait, the word photography is in the name astrophotography. There is no one talking about pictures anywhere or sharing any pictures like it yeah. is so far the side of the hobby that that I don't enjoy that that I shouldn't even be there. So I know a lot of people look at my channels and sit my channel and say that, uh, you know, I'm making it look easy or I'm glorifying it or making it look fun and approachable. And for whatever reason, they, they don't like that. They want it to yeah. be this thing that only they know about. And if you want to get involved, you better, you know, learn the hard way and all this stuff. So yeah. in my mind, there is enough of, of that side of things in the forums and you can argue till you're blue in the face with someone about something technical yeah i want to be the other side of that where people see it and say hey like maybe i could try this and yeah. maybe it does look fun yeah. uh, i try to balance out the scales a little bit and uh yeah what else though are you, like kind of inspired this like what sort of led you to astronomy because for some people it is that engineering side you know they want to they appreciate all the science that goes into figuring out the the um, celestial mechanics and you know the optics of a telescope. For for other people, like certainly for me, it's probably more like a lifelong interest in science fiction, um, right? And you know, kind of appreciating reading it, watching it, you know, um, learning to figure out what's good and what's bad <laughs> in science fiction. Mm -hmm. How about you? Are you are you have you always been in, interested in space generally? It's so. <laughs> Not really, like science yeah. in general and, and space and even science fiction, not until, you know, my mid-20s did I really get into that. Now, 
I, 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 I've gone back and watched the old Star Trek episodes. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy that. Um, um, but as far as like astronomy now and what keeps me, you know, what I'm addicted to, it's honestly, it all comes together into this one like indescribable craving, uh, whether it's imaging a new object I've never seen before and seeing yeah. the first exposure come through and be like, yeah. Oh my God. Like it's, it, that doesn't get old. The, the stuff, like I talked about earlier, seeing Orion coming up for the first time, uh, in the fall, that feeling gives me goosebumps yeah. seeing, um, you know, a meteorite streak across the sky, oh, yeah. um, or just hanging out in the backyard, listening to classic rock under the stars and hearing like an owl in the distance or something like the whole rich, everything involved with it is just something I've just, you know, it, it's, it's such a, like brings me so much joy in my life now that it's all wrapped into one package. And I can't describe what part of it I like most. I just like the whole thing. I feel like it's a lifestyle that you buy into and yeah. there's so much to, uh, to enjoy about it. It really is. What do you think about when you're at the telescope? Because you you strike me as being mostly, you're mostly out there with it most of the time. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know people can't wait to set it up and go inside and go to yeah. sleep. No, I'll spend, I'll spend a lot of time out there. I, I mean, sometimes I'll start taking the data and processing it to see what I've got in there. Um, or, or I'll read up on the, on the target that I'm shooting just to be like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, yeah. My plan tonight, actually, it's supposed to be clear, is to shoot the uh, the flying bat in the squid nebula. Ah, awesome. So I was looking at uh, examples that other people have shot, and I didn't realize that the squid nebula, the, the blue oxygen portion in there, was discovered in 2011 by an yeah, astrophotographer. Right. Yeah. So this bright squid uh, flying bat, you know, very bright hydrogen, they, they've known about that for a long time, but someone yeah. in 2011 discovered there was this patch of oxygen in there. So, wow. you know, there's so many interesting things to read and you, it, you can, can eat up a lot of time while you're out there. And it's just, like I said, it all wraps into this one awesome package. Yeah. It's, it's just, I'm literally going outside in my backyard to do this. Like we all have, we can all do that. Whatever your backyard is, yeah. if it's a balcony or even if you, you know, have to sit up in a park or something, but like it's the sky right outside your door. Like yeah. that's, that's, it's so approachable. It's right there. You see the world differently, I reckon, don't you? When you can stand in the backyard oh and goodness. yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised that I didn't get into this earlier, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what I was doing before uh, before I found astrophotography. I was lost, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was um, graphic design and um, uh, SEO marketing type stuff yeah. i think yeah. yeah so it started uh, yeah i went to school for graphic design and i did that for for a, a decade uh you know graphic design and building websites eventually turns into marketing because social media was on the rise then so you become kind of a jack of all trades for anything online and uh those that skill set certainly helped me at least get some of my ideas off the ground uh, but I mean, like even the the first few videos I had, I'd never edited a video before. That was not part of my skill set of, of filming at all. So it was, again, you talk about, you know, YouTube, just learning a subject in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, it was YouTube was amazing for that. Just, you know, learning from others, kind of watching what they're doing and reverse engineer and get slowly better over time. Yeah. Well, that's what good marketing is, right? It's bringing down barriers between, you know, people and your information. 
Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think so. And I, th yeah. I think people get sometimes mixed up in the wrong idea with marketing because it can be, you know, if it if it gets into something that's salesy and over the top and trying to or trying to be deceptive about something. Yeah. The, the way I, I uh, explained it to a musician friend of mine was that so he's an original artist. He makes all these great songs. He's super talented, but he's having a, he's having trouble getting new people to find him. Mm. And I said, sometimes you have to play a cover of a song that's really popular right now. Even though you want to be known for your original music, play that song for the popular cover so other people can discover you through that. Then they'll see all your other stuff that you want them to see. But you kind of have to play that game of being seen. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, uh, you know, if you do it right, uh, you can really build a huge audience. And uh, in the end, the, the real fans will, will, dis will discover you and discover the, the side of you you want them to discover. Um, that, I mean, out of all the, the pressures and stress that I have of, of what I do on YouTube, the idea of someone getting the wrong idea about, you know, my motives really kind of keeps me up at night. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, so when I do have the, the, the negative people that are, are making up stuff about me or saying something that's not true, it's, it really does pain me not to get in an argument with them, but I, I know I just need to just move on. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's funny that you bring that up because, uh, that, that I think is, is the biggest barrier to entry to actually putting yourself online, uh, is the criticism and people, you know, thinking wrongly of you. It's that can be very stressful. I think if you're someone that needs the energy of, of being around a lot of people all the time, that's what gets you excited. Yeah. And yeah, astrophotography is no good. I think there's a lot of introverts. I'm the same way too. And uh, you wouldn't know it because, oh yeah, you, you put out a video and you know, 2 million people see it. it that's me talking to a camera. I'm essentially yeah. talking to myself. Yeah. When I start reading people watching it, commenting it, that's when it gets weird for me. It's like, oh, these are real people that are seeing this. Like, so yeah, yeah. I, I know it, the, 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 I, I felt like I went through that same thing where it's like, wait, I think I'm an introvert too. When they described what that personality type is, of yeah. the, you know, you get very exhausted um, being social and turning on for people. Uh, and then you just want to kind of get away for a while. I'm definitely the same way. So uh, let me get your take on this. I haven't asked anyone before. Um, we, um, so we, we basically we're at the stage where we think planets are really common in the universe um okay so as a proportion of those um planets in the habitable habitable zone are probably a small proportion but you know that's a proportion of billions so it's a large mm -hmm. number what does trevor jones think is there life on other planets i think if we're talking a numbers game how could there not be, right? How could yeah. there not be, even if it was 0.001% or even lower, yeah. there's gotta be some a planet sitting in the Goldilocks zone. And I mean, we just haven't got over this hurdle, hurdle of, of travel, of space travel in the, these vast distances of that magnitude. Um, there has to be, you know, I mean, there. when I look at the Andromeda galaxy, I, I feel like I would I personally think there's a good chance someone's taking a picture of the Milky Way on Andromeda saying, look at, you know, look at this galaxy. So yeah. mind bender, I know, but yeah. How yeah. do you do you how well, do you I think feel about, about that sometimes? I think yeah. about that sometimes. Sometimes um so we've got the large Magellanic cloud 
um, mm-hmm. which I love because you know there's you can image nebulae and um, clusters in another galaxy. Um, so awesome. I, I know there are some other examples of that, but these ones are really big. So, um, but anyway, yeah, Large Magellanic Cloud, and we are ten times. So Milky Way is ten times the size of that thing, and like when you think about how big that looks in our sky, and I'm trying to think what an example. It actually does look like a cloud. It looks like a sort of smallish spot of cloud. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, I haven't. No, I wasn't yeah. far enough south to see it. Yeah. So, so then if you imagined being on a planet in that galaxy looking at the milky way which is 10 times larger imagine oh, man. what that sky would be like yeah I like Pretty, think, yeah oh man I, yeah i think <laughs> the, just the idea of seeing uh whether it's a planet or a nebula i mean you got to have the closest thing to it those those are those are really massively big to see a nebula in the sky that like took up half the sky or something would be just yeah. what a sight to see that would be oh man yeah. yeah. Then, you know, but do you know what I think then? Because, you know, we were thinking about, oh, Betelgeuse is going to go supernova and it's going to yeah. be really bright, you know, see it in the daytime. But you know what I think next? Bloody light pollution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's part of the astrophotography curse. Man, so, I think astrophotographers, yeah. the, the resentment that it only gets worse over time for, for seeing light pollution, whether it's like, you know, a local offender, just your neighbor's porch light, or just the overall glow of a place you went 10 years ago that's getting brighter that like, oh man, it really starts to really eat away at you. And uh, I've, I've even got Ashley to the point now where she, when she sees like improper, irresponsible lighting, she's like, oh, I'm going to take a picture and send it to the mayor. And like, she like really bent out of shape about it. I think that's inevitable for, for what we do. Oh, I, th- I thought of one, one more thing that just gives me chills every year in the spring on a clear, the, so the first kind of warm spring night uh, where, you know, the spring constellations are out and you see the bird migrations. I'll see a flock yeah. of swans flying at night. And I, I, I've heard they use the constellations as a guidepost to, no way. to actually migrate. I've never and, heard that. Uh, I mean, it catches you off guard to see these, these large white figures cross in front of the stars. But uh, a few springs now, I, I've seen um, the swans migrating north, uh, which is unforgettable. And then some of the, the, the birds that only come out at certain times of year doing their mating calls and stuff, that kind of stuff is like, oh, that just takes me away when I, yeah. when I experience that. Oh, yeah, it, re- it would, man. It would. Yeah. I've been swooped by giant moths and I've got a bat. I have a bat oh, yeah. in my backyard that likes to flap around. And um, those things are loud when they move. Well, they're, they're eating the, uh, the mosquitoes, right? So they're, they're on our side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get possums visit as well, but they don't, um, they don't hassle the telescope. Um, so what's your most memorable imaging experience then? Like that's got to be one of them seeing swans. Yeah. So I've had now doing this for 10 years, I've, I've probably had a dozen nights where uh, I actually, this is so nerdy. I keep this little uh, notepad journal uh, where I record, you know, what I've imaged that night, what the weather was like, how the night went. And I've had a, probably a dozen nights where I just wrote in it, just like the best night ever. Everything went perfect. The gear was working properly i spent all night outside you know saw the swans or whatever it was um 
So it's hard to pick one now. Um, those, the star party nights, the, the few star parties that I've went to where I've actually spent an entire night outside talking with other guys like, like you, um, just hitting it off. And sometimes, you know, I just met them that night and by morning, it feels like we've been friends for years because we've just got so much, uh, such a common bond. So those are pretty good too. So I have this question that, that I ask everybody, which, um, and, and uh, which is that if everything is meaningless, why do we do this? So leaving aside Astro Backyard and everything like this, why oh, have you man. invested so much? I, I ask myself that question all the time. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think if you can, I'm, I'm big on uh, legacy and, uh, you know, having no regrets uh, when it's all said and done. So to me, like if I could start all over and do, and, and just pick, I get to do whatever I want while I'm here. It would be what I'm doing right now. I can't think of anything else I would rather do. Uh, so, I mean, that that's pretty comforting to me. It's like, no, you know what? It's, it might be, you know, some people don't understand why, you know, why so much sacrifice and you're working twice as much as you would doing this and without all the criticism and all the other stuff, um, just working for someone else. And I could lead a you know quiet life and have more free time, but no, this is this is what I want to do while I'm here. Kind of, yeah. That's how I think of it. Yeah, in a way, that sort of you just living life the way you you always have, um, but you've sort of found found what it is. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, that, I think it's it's sad that it becomes thing. you get used to the effect the, the fact of um, reaching lots of people and inspiring a lot of people. Um, and yeah. it's not that I, I I take it for granted at all. I I love that. But it's I've consistently been in a place where I can do that for so long that uh, I, I never mm. want to lose that. Of course, um, that's that's a big one too. Yeah. The, the idea of inspiring someone really appeals to me, as opposed to admiration yeah. or any like inspiration is huge for me because because yeah. you know yeah. that's the reason I'm here is because of all the creative people that have inspired me to do it too, and I really look up to them. So if I can play that role at least for a, a certain period of time. Uh, in this hobby, then uh, that feels amazing. Oh, you really, you you quite honestly do. I mean, I, I watched everything. Like I went back um, a long way. I, I never even looked at YouTube really, um, not in the way a lot of people do, until astrophotography. And, um, and so when I was starting and like just trying to soak up as much as possible, um, uh, it was your videos and then I'd watch Chuck. <laughs> um, but, and, you know, they're, you know, good for different reasons. Um, what I, what I probably um, got more from your videos were like expectations from gear, um, even like concept definitions, like the stuff that I needed to get going and um, that, what you did was bring down the barriers, you know, and those barriers are sometimes presented, like you were saying, in forums and things where people think you've got to be an engineer in order to do astrophotography. And if if you don't, you're not allowed. Um, yeah. All those barriers go. I, pre I really appreciate that. I, really I often think of yeah. someone that's, uh, they've watched a few of my videos. They, they knew nothing going in. They're all excited. And then they jump into one of the forums and they're like, I'm going to take a picture like Astro Backyard and the, the eye rolling that must yeah. go on with those guys are like, oh, don't watch that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing here. Let me tell you exactly how to do it. I, I, I 
that scenario kind of like just thinking of that and like oh no please be nice to this person while they're still so excited about it <laughs> i would yeah. love to see this you continue this podcast for a long time it seems like it's uh it's something you really enjoy doing and uh you have a knack for you know opening up and having these great conversations so uh i would i really hope you continue with these podcasts and you do start seeing that that massive audience listening to these Thanks, Trevor. I really appreciate that. And actually, that reminds me, I was going to ask you, because one of the podcasts, I listen to loads of them. Um, uh, travel time is always a thing in Australia, generally, even in, in the cities. Um, so that's how I deal with it, is I listen to audiobooks or podcasts. And I used to listen to the Astrophotography podcast. Yeah. It, are you, are you going to bring that back? I loved it, man. You guys. No, so that's awesome. why I, I want someone to do it. I, I mean, yeah. I talked to Ashley about it. Just, we could do it. I'm like, no, we just we just don't have the, the bandwidth for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun. I miss it so much. It was uh, Steve who owns a telescope company here in Ontario. He kind of took the reins on it and uh, he set it all up and I was just kind of a regular guest. Yeah. And uh, I, I haven't seen anything recently, but um yeah, I just, I really, like I said, I really like the format for the same thing you said that, you know, you've got an hour to kill, you can still use your hands to do something else, but just really listen and get these great stories and come away uh, with some new information. So. Yeah. Well, next time you're chatting with Steve, just tell him I, tell him I'm, I want more. <laughs> yeah. Or at least <laughs> as a, have him as a guest on here. And I'd love to see, uh, you said Chuck earlier, I'm sure Chuck would do this and all the other, the other YouTubers are so awesome to deal with. Yeah. Uh, Yannick and um, who was the other one? Dylan would love to do it. And, you know, he's fellow Australian stuff. So ho I hope to see those, those guests on here eventually. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, um, I'll have to reach out to them and, uh, um, and uh, see, see if they agree with you, but yeah. And I Thank should probably so let you go, man. It's the end of a probably another long working day or it's getting towards it anyway. It's it's just starting. It's a filming night. It's clear for the first time in uh, quite a while. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a filming night. What time sunset for you? Um, uh, it's, it's earlier. I think it's probably about six o'clock or six thirty now. So okay. uh, it's a quarter to five. So. Uh, it's funny. So that those are primetime filming hours just as it's getting dark, but not so dark that I, you know, that where I have to set up lighting and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, I better get, I better let you go <laughs> and sort of start, start doing all of that. No worries. Yeah. I feel very warmed up to, uh, to talk to a camera now. Oh, that's awesome, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be watching out for the video and I'll oh, know man. that it happened just after this. That'll that's awesome. right. You will. Well, look, Trevor Jones, thank you very much for coming on Backyarders. I've just so enjoyed this chat. I really appreciate you giving so much of your time, like in this um, conversation, but everything that you've contributed to astrophotography and you were doing it well before this was a job for you. I think people need to, to recognise that, that, you know, you, you showed up years ago and you keep showing up and it helps all of us. So thank you very much, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Todd. Trevor Jones's passion is sharing beautiful images of space with the world and along with them, helping others to do the same. That passion is why he does it. Sure, he's worked hard enough and been fortunate enough to create a model that has enabled him to turn his passion into a business. And I think any of us would do that if given half a chance or if we only backed ourselves enough. He doesn't promise to give us all the science, the technical details. The science he applies is the science of marketing, 
search engine optimization, relating to people, understanding who his followers are, and applying analytics to make sure that his content reaches the people who can most benefit from it. And in that, maybe he's more of a scientist than anyone gives him credit for, even himself. All I know is that Astro Backyard provides us with all the evidence we could ever need of Trevor's skills for making his backyard all of our backyards. Although with his massive worldwide following and a proven model for successful engagement, maybe it's the other way around. And hey, I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it. Yeah.